0: and support for this episode of yalla Bud is brought to you by manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming for champions of the world I, and i know you guys are all champions and Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels i love that it rhymes it's fantastic uh the great thing is now Manscaped has just recently launched in singapore with a fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 and the fantastic thing we have here is that harish is now ready to give his review of the of the 4.0.
1: I like how you just threw me on the spot. Uh. But it is true, like I mentioned on the last podcast, few podcasts ago, that I will be giving it a shot. And to be honest, I did I did use it and it, it was surprisingly therapeutic and easy. Like it's literally a ball trimmer. Like okay, it's, mm. it's one of those, those automated trimmers. But the little little tweaks they have, like they have an LED light at the tip um, mm. of the trimmer, which made much more of a difference than I ever imagined. And I, mm. I will say that. You weren't, after, you weren't doing it, were you you're doing it in
0: the dark core or what? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, I was doing it like under light, but like that region just gets uh, for dark for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> But the LED light helped, and I will say that after I finished that, I put the the ball aftershave that they gave. I felt so fresh that it made me shave the rest of my face with a different shaver, with an actual <laughs> with an actual shaver. It just made me feel like yo, you know what? I'm I've started down there. It's all feels all groomed. Why not go the full way and groom the rest of my body? Mm. So so by doing that, it just it just forced me to like, or it just gave me the motivation to groom the rest of my face. And i felt so fresh after that it was like like a like a spa treatment in my little own uh, bathroom mm,
0: so 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 you're saying that in general it just made you feel like really cleaning up your entire existence
1: <laughs> cleaning up my act like yeah it, it clean, <laughs> made, made me clean up my act but but so so have you have you given it a go
0: yes i have and uh, one thing yeah i i just feel like the the size of the tools is is perfect i don't know whether they, they make a difference between <laughs> asia and the us but the size of the tools for Asian hands, everything is, is is feels good in the handler.
1: Oh, <laughs> everything you said could be taken out of context. Totally. So but but either way, man, sounds like sounds like it made you happy, it made me happy, and it can make you happy as well. Because you can get 20% off uh, at manscaped.com plus free shipping if you use the code YLB at manscaped.com. The link is in the show notes, man. And on to the podcast. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we dissect the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Humor. Humor, man. But the yeah. first podcast of the week. How, how was Hope it a humorous a weekend?
0: Yeah, was it a humorous weekend for you?
1: A glamorous weekend? Humorous, humorous. Or oh, humorous. Yeah. Uh humorous because yeah, life is funny in many ways. Mm. And you can find humor in anything. Mm, mm, mm. Was yours was yours a humorous weekend? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Celebrated kid's birthday, everything had party had a party and, and your uh,
1: kid's birthday. His mm. first birthday, like first
0: birthday, yeah. So it was a, wow, what a very big milestone, la, right? To reach one year.
1: Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Any any epiphanies or not? I mean, uh, I've I've seen you change over the past years. You've become a dad, but mm. now got any new epiphanies or not? Uh, I mean, the 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 I think
0: when you celebrate your kid's birthday, it's it's a very big celebration even for yourself, lah. Just to keep the kid alive, you know, for one year. I, I come mm. to realize that's why a lot of people, you know, it's a it's a big deal for them also, lah. Like, you know, it's not just for oh, the kid. It? Yeah, it's for the parents as well, lah.
1: Yeah. Oh, just speaking of which, I think I messaged you a happy first year as a parent, and you never reply. Oh yeah, yeah, cause I was, I was just way too busy this weekend.
0: I, I I I was dealing with like kids and and, and I just and parents, remember, you know. I just remember that. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, remember yeah. that. So yeah, but thank you for the kind, the kind words. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, you 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 are, you are, you you understand it one day, you know. As they always say to yeah, don't don't give me this, kids. you'll understand it one day. Uh.
1: <laughs> That's the worst excuse yeah. for not replying to a to a well intentioned message. Uh. No, I
0: totally understand why my my friends who are parents like, you know, don't use WhatsApp as much and all that already, la. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because it's just, like it's just it's just there's there's a lot more
1: things to focus on lah. Correct, correct, correct. Literally that you can't use your phone when doing it and stuff like. Yeah. Okay, okay. I give you a chance. I give yeah. you a chance. But next birthday can already Next, next birthday, birthday can
0: already. I'll acknowledge. I'll make sure to acknowledge. Yeah, okay, okay. Better acknowledge basket. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yes, the week has started. This mm. is the first podcast of the week and we got some juicy topics. Yes. But before that, anything to plug, Terence? Um
0: I guess it's just as, as always, you know, if if this podcast has touched you in any way. Do come by our subreddit and tell us, even if it you don't like it, because some people we we do take uh, criticism constructively, or we like to take think that criticism is trying to be constructive as well. So mm. there are people who you know create Reddit accounts just to come on our Reddit and then tell us they hated our podcast as well, and that's it's fine. Right. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah.
1: Literally over the weekend, over the weekend, yeah. I think I know which comment you're correct, talking correct. about. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We, but, but yeah, but at least they took the effort to come by and say it, right? Yeah, but they didn't tell us why. They it just is. said it. it was painful to listen to it. So, if you want to give us, uh, like, tell us you don't like our podcast, that's totally fine. But give us an idea why, man. Mm, mm, correct, correct. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. that
0: um, the rest of the listeners also sort of jumped in and said, hey, why, 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 why are you saying this? Why are you saying this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why, why? Why, uh, why, 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 why,
0: why, yeah, yeah. why, why? So, so, I mean, uh, yeah, in that sense, yeah, do, do come and join the community. It's 1,000, almost 1.6K 1. strong. So, yeah, it's a good time to join. Yeah,
1: ter- Terrence is going to start losing sleep soon as yeah. we near uh, zero in on the 1,600 mark and then he'll make another call for action, call to action uh, for, yeah. for you listeners. Yeah. But, yes, the link to our subreddit is in the description. Mm. Um, but without further ado, mm. let's jump into the first topic, man. Yes, please. And yeah. to present
0: to you a full a uh, slate of tabs with the full history of this topic. <laughs> Mr. Haresh Jilani.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cha for the floor. Uh, thank you, uh, speaker, uh, Mr. Speaker, sir. Um, so on 17th September, it yes. was announced that the SAF general, Mr. Tan Wei, mm. who is uh, 47 years old, uh, for some reason that was important to put mm. in the titles of a lot of the newspaper articles, mm. has been chosen to lead the Early Childhood Development Agency. Mm. Come December fifteenth. Yeah. So, um of course, uh, with a with a historical record of the SAF uh like and I say in air quotes, parachuting mm. generals into non military executive positions, the mm-hmm. internet was set ablaze. Yes. But yes, people yes. saying, ah fuck, is this another instance of a general being uh slotted into uh, the the top position of a field that he has no experience in. Correct, correct, correct yeah but, but before I go into like the, the broader context what was your first thought when you saw these articles eh? Um, exactly
0: what the internet and you just said la. that yeah. oh it's another case of a, basically a golden parachute being handed to uh, an, an SAF general you know um, yeah. to make it to make their fall their fall from grace their fall back to earth a little more graceful I you don't know not a little more graceful a lot more comfortable like, you know, like we're talking about a big golden pillows at the bottom. Uh because yeah, la, as I've always mentioned, uh I think a lot of these generals they're stuck in uh cultural groupthink, unfortunately. Mm. As a as a I I'm, I'm never gonna hold back from my criticism of of uh, military leadership la, you know, and how it doesn't yeah. play, it doesn't play very well in the private sector, especially today, lah, right? Uh yeah, yeah. so it is uh because a lot of our you know, uh, leadership in Singapore, not just in military, but leadership in sh- Singapore in general comes from the military. There is that sense mm. of, you know, you got to make sure that every everyone who goes through the military ranks comes out to the private sector and lands, lands gently and doesn't look, you know, lose his marbles doing it, like, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, this guy has gotten also one of those golden pillows to land on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty you know early childhood development agency overseas the preschools and all that in singapore so uh not too not too bad a job yeah how about you what do you yeah, think
1: so, i mean the the same thing like um i think i can't remember if we have covered it on a previous podcast but there was, I mean, the more famous uh, military generals who have gotten non-military positions in recent times is uh, Mr. Umbrage Ang mm. uh, Chung. Mm, 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 mm. He was a SAF general, mm. uh, the previous CEO of SMRT, Desmond Quack. Mm. Um, I think under whose tenure we probably saw the most number of SMRT breakdowns uh, mm. yearly. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a hyperbole or anything. I think mm. that is true. He was succeeded by another SAF general, which caused its own kerfuffle when it was announced. Mm. Um, so I was thinking like, fuck, shit, how is this happening again? So so then I just wanted to look up, okay, this this early childhood development agency, as you said, it does oversee the development of childcare centers and kindergartens. Mm, mm, um, mm. It is jointly overseen by the Ministry of Social and Family Development and the Ministry of Education. And it was set up only in 2013. La. Yeah. yeah. Um, and essentially, it's not something that is meant... Like has got anything to do with like uh, military operations or anything? Because at first I was thinking, wait, that, is there some overlap? But no, mm. it is focused on early childhood. Yeah, right, correct, correct. Um, and and for this guy whose background, I mean, he's of course done well uh, in the army. He joined mm. the army in 1993. Yeah. Um, and he he has been director of the policy office, commander of air defense and operations command, director mm. of joint operations the SCF chief of staff and the inspector general of the Singapore Armed Forces. Mm, mm. But, but none of them sound like it has given him any clue uh, of the early childhood sector, la, which from what I understand just from talking to friends in the industry as well as some simple Googling is mm. is an industry that requires, there's a lot of, academic literature, academic research behind it, lah, right? Mm, mm, mm. Correct, correct. For, yeah. for the practitioners of it. So yeah. then, I just cannot understand the rationale. Even mm. when you read the articles, right? Mm. The way they, they said, you know, like, um, he he was, uh, he oversaw efforts to develop the blueprint in the areas of war fighting concepts and organization structures for the next generation of SAF. Mm. How does that mm. set him up to be the leader of an agency that's over overseeing early childhood uh, uh development. Yeah, yeah, correct.
0: Yeah, I mean the you know yeah. the the joke going around Reddit is that Ken what he he knows infantry and then now he's dealing with yeah, infants. Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's perfectly I mean, uh acceptable as as job experience. Uh. But, yeah. but 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 here's the thing, I mean the I did look up a little bit into the previous CEO that he's taking over as well. Mm, uh, mm. Jamie Ang, forty-four years old. Yeah. Uh, her yeah. previous employment right before taking over as the CEO in twenty nineteen for a two year term was um, she was in the Ministry of Finance. Uh, yes, I believe right. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think she had a short stint at the ECDA while doing her masters in public administration. Uh, so she she's a career civil servant uh, right? Who got yeah, sort of yeah. so I I wouldn't say parachuted but probably rotated around different departments and ended up as the CEO of this, of this thing like uh. So, but why would that make less of a you know ruckus than than an SAF general taking over the position, also without much experience?
1: Uh? Um, I mean, I I think it's just because every guy goes through NS, mm. so so. You know, like, like, okay, yeah, her background, as you rightly pointed out, she was a director of physical, po- physical policy at the Ministry of Finance. Mm, mm, she mm. has a master's in public management. And not everyone can claim to be have any experience in any of those areas. La. So mm. I think that mystery of what that entails kind of gives leaders of an organization there some bandwidth to be, okay, you know, probably has some skills that could transfer, be transferable. Mm. But every guy has been through NS mm. and every guy... Would have some idea of how the NS operates, like. So when yeah. you see the leader of NS, I mean, mm, mm. it just feels like what the fuck in NS has anything to do with uh, early childhood, la? Mm. But you say NS,
0: and- you say NS uh, as a you know non regular, that right? What about the argument that correct, la What about the argument that you know if you spend twenty years in 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 the army, it's a very different thing from being there for two years and going back once a year for his service, lah. right? So maybe there's yeah, a lot true, more right? leadership
1: abilities that they pick up along the way. Yeah, correct. Correct. But but I think that that was a, that's a different thing like, because you were saying why did the the previous CEOs mm, mm. Uh, taking up the appointment caused less ruckus. Like, I think mm. I think that's for one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but building on your last point about how, I mean, I've seen some people say uh, on Quora and all argue why this is still better than... um any regular Joe or un, like someone from the private sector coming in because, yeah, if you're a general, chances mm. are you have a certain credibility of competency, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you have commanded large organizations, you probably understand commanding people at scale. You manage budgets in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. So there must be some skill there. Mm. But I know you have a lot to say about that. So why don't you take it away, Mister Terence Chair? Uh,
0: no, I try to. I mean, you know, that's the important thing about our podcast, right? We come in with a certain perspective and in a view of things. And I, I have never made a secret of how incompetent I think a lot of leadership SAF is, like. And, and mm. I've never made it a secret. I always talk about how terrible a lot of them are, as evidence. But you know how, Chun, you know, you know, uh, commanded. NOL and now SPH yeah, to where it is and, and still took umbrage at, at people just asking questions. Journalists asking mm. questions, surprisingly, from a from a media organization. But I tried to mm. look at this from a really like a, a different angle. La. So I really dug a little bit into uh, Mr. Tan Chiwi, Tan Chiwi's background. Mm. I'm going to start calling him Mr. Mm. And I, I think since he's joining the civil service already. Uh, Stop this general mm. nonsense. Uh, Mr. Tan Chiwi. Mm. So... Um, He actually was the, you know, he was, his position as Inspector General is one that allows him to uh, oversee the safety efforts of all the different services within the SAF. And that means like, you know, Mm. like he has, he can go on ground and talk to the highest person in any service, whether it's Air Force or it's, you know, the Navy or the infantry, whatever, guards, commandos, and really find out, okay, what are your protocols? How are they doing? And. You know, how's the uh, what is the reporting like and are men safe to report if they see they see any infringers of, of um safety in your organization and all that? Lah. So he's the mm. guy that apparently um was the first person in the role. And do you remember why this role was even set up? Right? Uh no. No, it was actually yeah, so it's actually quite interesting. Remember Aloysius Pang, the actor who died about in 2019, oh. January 2019? It was in re- mm. in light of that that they set up this particular inspector general role. La. And if you think about, uh, take out the, the army context of things, this role is kind of like, I guess would be a safety audit kind of thing, you know, safety auditor, mm. kind of check your safety practices across an entire big organization. La. So in some sense, right, to give him some little bit of credit, la, right, he is actually taking up a role that is quite similar to Say those when you go to a bank, you know, there there are people who look at risk and risk risk management, like, right, so so to speak, in, in those yeah. kind of organizations and see like, oh, across the whole organization, where are the where are the points that we could get in trouble, like, whether legally or or whatever. So so maybe this guy in some sense, you know, he has in the last uh one, two years like built up that experience that that would prepare him for for a, a role in a more civilian, so called civilian organization, like you know what I mean? That that that, mm. is, that 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 means he has been trained as a more like a civil servant kind of role, as opposed to a very military militaristic general, you know, going to war kind of role. Like. Cause um yeah. I mean pardon me for saying that like, but sometimes I just watched an interview of him. I didn't feel like he was the most inspiring Kind of general, the kind that you know, the brave heart kind of to lead you into battle. Mm. But he's the type that were like, "Yeah, hey, hey, soldier, your, your shoelace untied. La. Hey, commander, how come your shoelace untied? You never check that kind of thing. He got that kind mm. of vibe. But he, like, he'll like go around pointing out this small, small thing account, <laughs> accountant walking around, you know, the, the, the army camp. Um. Kind. So, yeah, maybe, maybe in that sense, that's what you need for an uh, for early childhood development agency, you know, like because they, they oversee. Safety and all these things in 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 uh, child care centers and schools and stuff like that as well, right? So, so maybe yeah. in some sense, he has that kind of uh, organizational capability. Mm. Do, you, do you feel convinced but, but, by what I'm telling you? Because I'm trying to convince uh, I mean, myself. I'm trying to convince myself. And I'll be honest. I'm yeah. also trying to convince myself.
1: So, so I won't, I won't, uh, like what you said definitely gives me some assurance that he is a fairly competent person, la. Mm. but when it comes to something that is, um, that requires a little more expertise or is a specialized uh, industry in and of itself, right, I feel mm. like, is he the best person? La? And, mm. but because I mean, okay, so I think, uh, I mean, we also was trying to look up, um, that Ms. Miss, Miss Jamie Ang uh, and her history, yeah, mm. it sounds like she's on the civil service path of like rotating every two years. La, mm, because the mm, person mm. that she took over, yeah. uh, Mr. Eugene Leong, he went from the ECDA to the Ministry of Environment and Water Resources. La, this was in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I feel like, okay, that's that's a bit weird. And part of the interview, he had this one line um, that was talking to him about like just his experience during the Hanover. And he yeah. said, I once spent a whole day in a preschool and saw how committed, passionate and resourceful the educa- educators were. Mm. Then I was thinking to him, like spending one whole day in a preschool was like a, an epiphany and an eye-opening moment. And, mm. and I feel like wouldn't you want someone who has been there done that a lot of times mm. um and and so so this is where i guess like it, it feels like okay they're putting fairly competent people in but are they the best person in the job like, but then on that Ooh. note right i was just thinking okay here we are like and gen- the general internet like here's one guy who proved himself in at least one area mm. because as 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 how you say bureaucratic as the army if you make it up to general, you must be quite competent. Lah. And, and mm. he's taking it. Uh, another industry. When people were placed, like, but then if you look at ministers, right? Mm. And not just in Singapore, any country, mm. they are always handling different portfolios, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. They're moving from one to the other, and yeah. that is accepted. Yeah. So then I was thinking, wait, why aren't people getting pissed off at that? Because it's almost a given, you know, like yeah, you some one minister goes from this, this, the and normally people complain, huh? How is this person fit? But they don't question the process of that rotation, right? So why is it people get pissed off at, at a level below that, Like You're not minister, you're your CEO level. Mm, but um, here's
0: where I'm gonna cause just now I played devil's advocate, right? And then yeah, now you're, you're making another you point. Were it really in, you were holding but it in. You are holding it in. Here's where I'm going to, I'm going to like, basically go against what? My own point just now. When, mm. when, you know, you talk about safety in the SAF, right? I mean, mm. any one of us who have been through army and then subsequently reservists, I've been through reservists in the last one, two years, everything, you know, everyone knows that the whole safety thing is a very big, it's one big wayang show, right? It's always mm. about covering your backside. And it's always about, you know, implementing so many onerous a list a onerous list of like things that you have to do to to make sure safety is done that it cannot can never be met. Uh it can never be really be met one lot, right? Mm. Uh case in point, like I remember there's one there's one time I went in for reservist and then like I think the the you know by the by the time we booked in and and and, and it was a weekend I we booked in and then got everything like finally settled because there were stores to settle and all these kind of things and all that. It was like almost past midnight already, you know. And then the next morning, they wanted to do IPPT, And then like, you know, the next morning when IPVT comes around, they're like, hey, okay, everybody, you got seven hours of sleep, right? You all got seven hours of sleep, right? And like, literally nobody. That was at like, 6 a.m. I think nobody went to bed earlier than 12. Literally everybody had less than than, than than five or six hours of sleep. But but it's just it's just the army's way of safety, la. As long as there's one person covering backside asking, hey, yo, everybody slept seven hours straight, right? No, no, no problems or that. Then as their, their backsides their backside is covered. That's all they care about safety, like covering their own backside la. And and we've mm. seen it way too many times in the military already. I think everyone who has been through the military and we all have been through the military, we've seen it way too many times. So you tell me someone who is in charge of overall safety in SAF and making sure that there are, you know, safety processes are enforced and the line of reporting is safe and all that kind of thing. I mean, um, you yeah, know, there's only one term for it, like, GJW, like, you know. Uh, mm. It's a Hokkien. That's, that's, which is what? Uh, which is what? Uh, that's Hokkien for Gong Jiao Wei, which is like top cock, basically. Uh, it's all Wayang, <laughs> la, you know. This, I mean, this SAF, this general thing, so what you said earlier, about oh a general is generally quite competent right? I would mm. even I would hesitate to agree with that Like, Come on, you know we know what, you know we know what uh, goes on in SAF and all these things about safety. Or like, I'll be lo- I would love for one day SAF to prove me otherwise. But I mean I've been a soldier since two thousand and one, and I've been back for his mm. service. You know, aside from the time I was away from Singapore, I've been back for his service with three different units already, and um yeah. it's it's never been. It's, never, it's not improved much since 2001 no. I, mean, to say.
1: I mean I would st- I would still give them the benefit of the doubt that most generals I think are competent because I think the incompetency of an organisation like SCF can be attributed to more than just uh, a single person's incompetency so so mm. I, will, I will still give them the benefit of the doubt but before I go on to my next point mm. did you say a word just now onerous yeah is it onerous onerous yeah you said onerous
0: Okay, yeah, this is your omelette, omelette, <laughs> Why do you want to? No, so We're gonna start the omelette, omelette hey, thing. Hey, eh.
1: hey, don't don't so defensive, lah. <laughs> la. Don't so <sound> defensive, <laughs> do angry, lah, bro. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, fine. I'm just, I'm just asking. I just, I, am of the
0: camp that as long as people understand, it is is fine. Yo, don't yeah. yeah,
1: don't give me all this this grandfather story. I'm just saying, did you pronounce it as onerous or onerous? Because I also want to cl- clarify my own pronunciation, lah, bro. I think both can, uh. both are fine, uh. But but for you, your preferred one is, uh, both. Uh, I I will use both
0: interchangeably. Yeah. Oh, is it depending yeah. on your mood? Uh? depending on my mood and depending who I'm talking to. Uh, if I'm talking to <laughs> those very anal language uh, Nazi types, uh, then oh, I will. Is it, is be to, a bit to more to careful. Your, yeah.
1: To all of you <laughs> listening, you see, like for everything Terence has said about how I'm just got attitude for not wanting to pronounce. Look at how defensive he just became. Huh? No, but but I the truth his ego
0: bruised like that. But the truth is, uh. You, you when I say the word, regardless of how I pronounce it, you know what word it is, right? <laughs> correct. Right? Yeah, but yeah. that's what
1: i said before. What? No, no, omelette.
0: <laughs> omelette. Omelet is literally <laughs> different from omelette. Omelette is Wonder Woman wears an omelette. Omelette is something I eat for breakfast. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, what 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 omelette? Is it an actual thing that she wears an omelette? No, yeah, what? Yeah, she no, wears she a bracelet. Is, no, it's an omelette. It's called
0: omelette. It's not lah. It is. It's literally a band of bracelet worn around the upper part of a person's arm. You can Google armlet.
1: <laughs> I Google omelet, but there's nothing. It's called what bracelet. Is Google-
0: no, it's, a, it's called armlet.
1: It's a bracelet
0: or an arm <laughs> band. Yeah, like a band of bracelet worn around the upper part of a person's arm. It's called an How umlet. you spell your omelet? A-R-M-L-E-T. 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 Don't know what um. you Googling lah. <laughs> no, you Google like, literally. Unless your Google bracelets. is different from my Google.
1: No, I see bracelets, bracelets or armband, yeah, I'll I I'll leave it. Umlet. I'll leave
0: it out to everyone. Go and Google armlet, and 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 if y'all yeah. see whether y'all see bracelets or y'all see an actual definition
1: for armlet. <laughs> anyway, now that <laughs> now that the has been been stirred up, I shall resume what I was going to say. Yes, yes. Which which let me let me gather my thoughts. No, mm-hmm. so the the thing about um what what I was saying, you, you know, you were saying that. Yeah, like generally, you wouldn't even give generals the benefit of the doubt uh, yeah. to about being competent. And I would say, given the context, I also have many reasons to agree with that. Because generally, I think the, the New Narrative and Rice Media both put out articles, I think a year or year and a half ago, where they looked at the history of like uh, generals in Singapore and, and their general background. And they dissected a book dedicated to it. And a lot of them are recipients of some sort of overseas scholarship la, from the SCF, mm, Right. Mm, mm, mm. And and I mean, even we know friends of ours who have gotten that scholarship. And for anyone who gets that scholarship enters the civil service or SCF, there's there's this there's this path for you uh that 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 you kind of have um how you say uh, laid out for you unless you fuck up or something like mm, so mm, mm, so you are kind of pushed down this this path and, and given more opportunities because from the start you start off as a scholar. Lah. And yeah. I mean, speaking from my own experience of uh, receiving a scholarship from a private company, somewhat private company, you know, Singapore mm-hmm. Airlines, mm-hmm. you do start off your employment with, um, with how, how you say, uh, not say more opportunities very explicitly, but people know you're a scholar, so expectations are higher. And mm-hmm. and generally, unless you fuck it up, you you start off with a bit of a head start. Lah, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and even uh, another thing to draw on from my own experience uh, at Singapore Airlines last time was there was an SIA general that was number two at the company when I was there. Mm. Um, he wasn't the CEO. He was the deputy CEO. Yeah. And he was well-liked. He was well-respected. Um, uh, well but I think what worked in that scenario was that mm. he was given a role that was more operational focus and less about a role that required deep, deep industry knowledge. Mm, 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 and mm. it was almost a, a given that okay, like um he like uh the, the CEO at that point in time had I think 30-35 years experience in aviation, mm. and I could not see anyone from SCF just coming in. Uh, and I don't think it's it's specific to the aviation industry, like I think any industry. So I think in that setting, okay, you bring in this guy who number two handle more of the operational stuff. I think that, that one is still fine. Mm. So when I When I see them going into the number one position, right, that's where I'm like, no matter how competent you are, right, Mm. sometimes your paper credentials or your paper competencies competencies are nowhere as close to having the industry experience. Correct, correct. And, And I think that's what puts people off because, yeah, you can be smart and all, but if you haven't spent time as a, as a, someone who works in early childcare or in an agency, I think you will miss out on a lot of things. Like, let's say even for, for me, and I assume you, before we entered the media industry, mm. I, w- I had very different ideas about what it means to be a filmmaker, a TV producer, an executive producer, a content creator. Mm. And mm. now doing it for like eight, nine years, sometimes I look at the policies for this industry itself. I'm like, how the fuck does that make sense? That mm. makes sense from a policy level, but from a practitioner level, it doesn't make sense yeah right? yeah. I mean
0: uh I think you raised good points uh, and maybe it's it's I I do need to apologize for for not not thinking of that perspective in the sense of like the let's say you are someone who's who studied and and, and has worked in early childhood development like right or early childhood mm. anything like whether you teach or you, you administr administration or anything like that um that yeah. is it's true that there are there, there is a level of um industry knowledge as well as like academic knowledge la, that that you know the only practitioners will come across that right um yeah. you know even just understanding new methods of teaching like how montessori is the rage now and everything right you know um mm. and how schools you know in different parts of the world are, are dealing with you know uh education system versus versus how what early childhood development is and all that so yeah, there is actually quite a lot, uh, quite a depth of industry knowledge. I think is being, uh, foregone here in, in in order to give this general a job, right? Um, yeah, and that's not good because like like what you said about Desmond Quack and all these people earlier. I remember now now it comes back to memory that a lot of uh, there were a lot of people working with the SMRT who anonymously were complaining about how there's a lack of uh, knowledge about engineering, about train engineering mm. and all that during his time there, and that's why. And, and why does that matter? That matters because um, when people don't understand the industry well, right, they're, but they're in charge of budgets, they're in charge of allocating budgets, resources, and things like that. Um, yeah, like a lot of times you get this kind of top-down uh, management that they just give you a number thinking that you this is it, but they don't know what the reality is on the ground. And it, yeah. and it boils down to little, like we got no budget for a certain you know, one item or two items that were necessary to keep the trains running. Then the train breaks down and whose fault is it, la, Right. So yeah. yeah, actually the the more the more we talk about this, the more the more even more convinced I am that that again we are, you know, just down that road like trying to find trying to fit square pegs into to round holes, uh, which is like trying to squeeze these generals into civil service jobs which they are not really prepared for, uh.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. And and I mean like even the the just now, you know, I brought up how we generally are okay with ministers having different portfolios and all, but I think being a minister and a CEO of a company that needs to carry out the policy are two mm. very, very different things, mm. right? Like like what you said, like for Desmond Quack to be in SMRT, even like you can imagine any organization where you are, uh, that you are running, it really helps to understand the industry through and through. Ideally, you have experience from the bottom because how else you're gonna understand the problems of the people uh below you la. and of course mm. there you can make a case you know like you can you can uh try and articulate the problem but I think having industry knowledge definitely helps and I think when I saw those questions, uh, like those points being debated on Quora and Reddit, I'm like, yeah, but ministers are, uh, yeah, they they are very different. They they really deal with policy. Maybe even that is not the best thing for people to rotate from one cabinet to to uh, on one portfolio to another, like just because it's done there doesn't mean it happens at every level below that, yeah. like because if that if that is uh true, then you it should apply all the way down the hierarchy, right? But beyond yeah. a certain point. You can't just get people to rotate in different vocations because they are generally competent. Yeah.
0: I mean, the one big thing we forget about the military is is the style of management there as well, right? Uh, mm. Even as a minister, you... I mean, maybe your department or what, you can you can get buy-in by screaming at people, right? You know, then mm. people got no choice. They just got to do it. But outside of your department, you go and scream at people and stomp your feet and demand this and demand that. People are gonna just shut the door on your face, lah, right? Or, or do a lot of things to yeah. sabotage you. La. uh so yeah. I'm talking about ministers. Private sector don't even need to say, lah, you gotta be you gotta be ready to be slapped and then still smile and say, Yes, sir, yes sir, three bags full. And then that's how yeah. you succeed in the private sector, lah, right? Um yeah. Actually, Where's where's generals? I mean, there's for a long time, I don't know, from maybe the time they are colonels or lieutenant colonels or even captains or what already. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much like I mean, yeah, like there is a bit of managing upwards, but everyone else below you, you don't really have to worry that much about, you know, inspiring them or or, or or, you know, making sure they don't they don't quit on you or just like sabotage your career path or anything like that, like right? Uh yeah. because you know, like, at the end of the day, a lot of people you command are also conscripts. They have no choice. You know, they either yeah, they way. they do shit for you or they go to jail. That's the that's literally the option you have, like, right? Whereas like in the yeah. private sector or your ministers or whatever you kind of still need to talk to people. You need to get their buy-in. You need to convince them. You need to follow up with them. You need to ask, keep asking questions if you don't get what you're getting and all that, la, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so
0: and, in that in sense, generals are shielded from from what real world uh, work is. La.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just now you said they need to scream and shout. Actually, technically, if you're a general, you just point to your shoulder or point to your chest, the rank. Yeah, How yeah. is anyone below you going to argue? Yeah, you don't even so need to scream to and shut, shout. Fuck up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's why, that's why I feel like, yeah, the, uh, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, mean, you know, you know, in the U.S. and everything, right, you see a lot of these, um, ex-generals and, you know, people who are in high positions in the military, they get pretty plum roles in, you know, private equity because they, they know they have contacts in the defense industries, all right, and those are Mm. huge industries and all that, lah. Whereas in Singapore, I don't know, we don't hear that much of it, that kind of thing, lah. Not not as much, la, Right, where where yeah. um a general, you know, enters the private sector and joins like a big uh financial firm or private equity firm
1: or stuff like that, la. Do we Yeah, exactly. We and, don't, right? Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't think so because. Um. Yeah, I think for various reasons, uh, like I think having networks to the U.S. defense is really a mm, huge enough mm, market. That's big, for, yeah, that's big, Yeah, yeah, for investors to really value that. Like, and if you're a U.S. military general, chances are you have been on the cusp of life and mm. death or in some high stress position. Real and high think, stress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah real ops. Like, real ops. Real ops like yeah. in Afghanistan and draw and like fuck man, you have to be. Competent la, you know, like, like, uh, and I think that one is like, fuck man, you don't fuck around with that lah. La. Yeah. Whether or not they will go do well in the private sector, I think is a whole different argument. But the general competency and general belief that okay, when time, when push comes to shove, right, this guy is gonna pull through. Mm-hmm. I think that's there like Yeah, but you don't, is like, feeling, wow. you don't get a feeling, you
0: don't get the feeling of leadership. <laughs> Singapore, Singapore is like,
1: wow, maybe you got like a BBT goal or or, or three <laughs> degrees or something like And I mean. Like not to say we are belittling their credentials. I think we are just pointing out what everyone is thinking is that yeah. Hey, look like they are generals.
0: You're not perfect either, man. You're not perfect. No one's yeah, perfect. Yeah, you're
1: not perfect, man. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, you take off your lapels, man. Yeah, take and then off lapels, you know, confront. So. So that's where I, what was helpful on those Reddit and Quora, Quora threads was I saw some uh, real-life recruiters or uh, working at headhunting firms uh, who routinely get C-level suite executives. And they said, yeah, competency is one thing, but industry knowledge is fucking important. Mm. So even mm. they don't recruit just based on competency. So how can um, it be a government mandate to do that? So so that's why I guess if anyone has has specific thoughts or if you work in the army or recruitment or mm. even in early childhood, uh, we yeah. would love to hear from you, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, so, so I mean, I, yeah. I don't know, lah. I, I think those there there are definitely people who are, you know, generally not we keep using the word generally, generally, generally. Quite, quite competent, la, right? Uh and, yeah. and they would also be pretty good in the private sector. But I feel like if they had stayed too long within the SAF and all that, right? A lot of those mm. a lot of those muscles will have atrophy la. You know, the muscles to think yeah, yeah. think flexi- yeah, be flexible in the way you think. We open the new ideas, be you know, the, the following up trends and everything and not thinking you're the smartest person in the room and every all the time and all. Which is the you know, you see that a lot in, in S C F generals, la, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because the SCF works in a way that the general world fuck the word general. Um <laughs> the, the word the world doesn't operate in la Yeah,
0: yeah. And, And I mean, we, yeah, Mm, we, we mm. mean it's not to belittle any, the SAF or the generals and all that, but really like do take some time to, you know, look at yourselves in the mirror and and think about, do I really have the credentials to lead this, this industry lah, you know, do I, if I spend a day even working in this industry, you know, and not, don't, don't Mm. be so, don't be so arrogant to say that I have, I have C-level experience because of this, because of that, because of degrees from the, Kennedy School and all things like that, lot like, right?
1: Yeah, but then I don't know. Like, I can imagine for the generals, already chances are the people around them, by and large, are like, okay, they they worship the the ground yeah. that the generals walk on. Yeah. So. So so maybe maybe the SAF should create like this battalion of older folk mm-hmm. that all the generals can preside over that mm-hmm. is non-operational. Yeah, that just gives them something to do every day so that they don't need to be parachuted into private industry, like Because I know I know I, know I got it. the answer already. It's like what? they should have a battalion of social
0: distancing ambassadors, ah. Huh? Oh Best, led by led by ex SAF generals uh. I think they'll be damn good at their job. Really, really damn good. Hey,
1: fuck! That is true, man. Yeah. Anything that needs enforcement, the trade yeah.
0: ambassadors, shout people. The... Anything to shout people, right? Yeah, you, you get the yeah. general to lead.
1: <laughs> then like the whole board, the whole board of directors are ex generals. You know, and every yeah. day they 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 get up and like yeah, they still get paid um like whatever they need to get paid, but they're given yeah. positions. You know, like the 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 patron of of social distance in yeah. singapore the vp yeah, yeah. Correct, or like correct. the MD. Yeah. And they get to wear lapels uh, at work, uh, right? You know? You yeah, give, them, give
0: them the right to wear. <laughs> yeah. Continue wearing lapels even on the civilian uniforms.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then they are given different areas in Singapore to preside. Yeah, then yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. come up with operational strategies and, you know, the, the man movement. Ah, and they movement, got like a big movement, yeah. risk board ah, patrol where like here, moving patrol their pieces. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Wow, fuck. hey government. We, we, got, yeah. we got so many good ideas. <laughs> solving all the national problems
0: No la, but they got God, so many man. they got so many smart people to, to help them think through these ideas so I'm sure they I'm sure they've thought of this idea before haven't they hey, but we also got
1: <laughs> we also got IV degree right that's what that's what oh, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah yeah we got IV degrees Same got IV degree, so, exactly so listen to us man listen to us yeah cool but, uh yeah speaking of uh,
0: um you know early childhood development uh issues uh, this this next story is also about uh you know some people who are trying to uh build a business around early child around, around childhood training and development as well right mm-hmm. mm. and what is this goofy story
1: this goofy story is that um sometime this morning september 20th uh, there was some pictures floating online of of people dressed up as clowns loitering around primary schools la um mm. and i think even taunan issued a formal uh, notice saying that okay we have these these people walking around schools uh, apparently asking child, the students to follow them in exchange for $1000 or something oh really and i saw it yeah okay. uh, That was what i think um alarmed parents yeah. um, and and i saw that in in some whatsapp groups that i was in mm. then uh Mid of midday today, it came out that okay, it was just a viral marketing stunt by Speech Academy Asia, mm-hmm. mm, right. which is a, 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 an early childhood, uh, I guess, training center for speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so like when you first, how do you first catch wind of this? These things, uh? Uh, I think it was going around on WhatsApp
0: like friends were so sharing. So you saw it in WhatsApp also lah? Yeah, yeah. saw so on WhatsApp. People were like sharing a
1: photo of the clown and things mm. like that la. Yeah. How about you? And uh, yeah, same thing lah. And literally in in one WhatsApp group that my friends were in, they were saying, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck's going on? And I did, my first thought was like, please tell me it's not for some video or TikTok or something lah. Because yeah, from uh, like a few years ago, one of the trends on YouTube was that kind of, public pranks and all that. Like. And I mean, we have done our fair share as well, but yeah. we made it a point to never do videos that kind of ex- like made people fearful or, or played on them just being freaked out at a given situation. Like. Mm. So in this case, I was like, please, 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 please tell me it's not uh, something like that. Like. And unfortunately, it is something like that. Like. Mm. So yeah, we're talking about a clown
0: who's uh got face paint, wearing a hat. But the rest of him is just dressed like any other regular Joe, right? And just, you know, yeah, like exactly. jeans and a plaid shirt and and just wearing sneakers and just just like loitering, like, if if you could say any, in the way he's standing. Just loitering outside the gates of the school. So that is really creepy, not just because he's a clown, but also just in terms of older, uh, you know, adult and everything, approaching kids and, and asking them to do something is a bit... Yeah, it's a bit strange la. 'Cause cause yeah, yeah, just to give a bit of context, even when we are doing pranks and all that, approaching under eighteens was always a very tricky proposition, right? Because mm. um yeah, because after that you would want to get the signatures to appear in the video and but they can't legally sign, sign those rights and everything away, la, right? Um yeah. they would need to get a guardian or a parent involved. So I just try to think what the end game for them would be like in terms of this this so-called prank. Let's say it wasn't really a scary thing. Let's say it was a it was a meant to be a funny thing as well. What 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 would what do you think they were trying to achieve here?
1: I mean, I guess they were just trying to do something uh viral uh, that people got uh, talking about and then once it gets enough buzz online, reveal that hey hey we are behind it. I don't know, but blah, blah, what, is, what
0: what do you think is the prank? Like oh, the, you mean like literally as they was, were discussing? Yeah. as
1: they were discussing, let's put a bunch of clowns around school yeah. uh, and all that Um, I think, well I I, I don't know, sir, because it's not even there's like just doesn't seem like there's some big message or mm. try, attempt at being like subtle or like. Uh, mm. Slipping in some sort of social message there or something, like Okay, I, I at, mean, uh, at if,
0: first, uh, if I take a stab at it, what I yeah. think is, uh, it goes something along the lines of, uh, yeah, uh, A clown comes up to a kid, but the clown is not able to talk and just keeps gesturing for the kid to follow him, you know. And then the kid follows him, and oh, it turns out it's a surprise—you get a thousand dollars in vouchers or something like that—to to to you know for a Speech Academy in Asia, right? And yeah, mm. it's a happy thing because he gets something and he was also trying to help the clown, the poor clown who who can't talk or was just miming. Um and then the the yeah, the tagline is uh don't clown around, you know. Get you know, if you have speech speech issues, come and look for us. Something like that.
1: <laughs> mm, how do you think how do you think I, I, I did
0: the marketing the marketing manager in me? How do you think how do you think I did?
1: Um yeah, I can I can imagine some people buying that shit like <laughs> <laughs> like some some uh, out-of-touch uh, MD of a company that's trying to be novel or innovative saying, you know what? That's a brilliant idea. We are all about speech. Let's let's have our mascot be some an individual who can't speak for whatever reason. Maybe mm. it's a mime. Maybe it's a clown. That's yeah. genius, Mr. Yeah. Cha.
0: Yeah, kids are scared of clowns right And We should
1: actually, oh, it's just a friendly clown. Oh my God. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up because... Not because of the idea, but because I can totally see that in a PowerPoint deck sent over email, and someone replying at midnight. hey, I really like this idea. Yeah, struggle viral. Smart. I think, I think, yeah. It and and they it'll come from someone who probably doesn't even use viral as a noun, as mm. but rather as a verb. You mm. know, oh no, as not using it as a as an adjective, but an actually a verb like which, uh, a fuck a noun, which is what we have heard. You know, this will be a viral. Yeah, you know, yeah. it won't go viral. It will be a viral. Yeah. And
0: and, and someone who probably isn't in touch with uh social media organically, like they don't actually watch or follow stuff themselves because you know like what you said, you know, 2016, 2017, I think was the height of, of uh YouTube pranks and all that, right? Uh mm. and then there were even yeah, YouTubers in Singapore who were doing things like Pontianak prank, you know, where they hide in a tunnel and then as a crying pontianak and then run and chase after people who walk past and all that, right. Mm. so um I we, we've always felt that ethically those those were, were problematic because like you know what if the person has some heart condition and and all that and, and you have to um you know like 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 general tan uh, Tanji will tell you you have to think of all the worst case scenarios that could happen la, when you're talking about yeah. safety and all that and yeah, la, you just you just need one unlucky thing to happen and 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 yeah lah, your 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 whole prank it becomes much darker than what it was supposed to be. Oh. Uh and, and so I all mean, these things even if So yeah, so let me let me just uh complete the thought. Yeah, yeah so these things um they do need to be I mean, yeah, lah, you can be creative and you can say you're doing it for creativity, but you do need to think about the worst case scenario that could come out of it and then ask yourself like, yeah, lah, as a business or as a organization, am I okay with with that chance of that worst case scenario happening, lah, right? Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I think that that would apply to any guerrilla marketing stunt. I think even back in twenty ten, yeah. there was this a uh, case where um the secret little agency which did a viral stunt for Philips, where they got a guy in a bear costume mm, to mm, dig mm. through a trash can uh, at a website, la, and it was uploaded yeah. to stomp. It went viral, and acres were called. Because people thought it was a wild bear. La. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned out to be just a stunt for Philip's uh, shavers. Yeah. But even that, right? Okay, it's a bear at a bus stop. It's it, You can, Even then, I can see the merit of like, okay, that's that could be a creative style. You know? But for me, the thing that was so off-putting for this is that it is something involving schools and young children. Mm. Which is already, like what you said, anything to do with minors is a no-go. But mm. off the back of that horrible incident from a few months ago that involved young kids mm. um, where, I don't know, I just have images of like, you know, when, when they were when they said the kids were kind of being chased by journalists outside the school and mm. it just felt like, yo, the area outside the school is almost like, like sacred. Like. I don't fucking do anything there. We have mm. young kids there. And for mm. this agency to plan this, it's just so ignorant. It blows my fucking mind, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not just any agency. They're an agency that deals with kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when we're talking about primary school kids, uh, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they're defenseless against uh, an
1: adult and everything. Uh. Um, yeah, how How does that make... Would you trust... Like, okay, you as a parent, right? You yeah. see a company doing that, that offers services to enrich kids' speech Uh, skills like seeing this would it affect your perception of whether or not you would send your kid there oh definitely yeah definitely because
0: the other thing about it is that if you go if you see the apology uh message right on facebook from speech academy asia um i mean just reading it i spot quite a number of grammatical errors already so i'm (laughs) like hmm if this Speech Academy <laughs> is it Asia, yeah, if it's meant for, to, to help improve my kids' speech, I assume in English, right? Since it has an English name and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the whoever it is doing the marketing or the boss himself who oversaw this
1: post doesn't have the best grammar in English makes me very <laughs> no, suspicious. It, it's speech. Wa. What they say is we teach your kids how to read and talk, not write. They, they will come out writing fuck shit, <laughs> but they will speak it. You speak it very well. Yeah, but you also need to use the correct grammar in speaking, right? And people, I mean, don't take me for example. I spell omelette the way anyone spells omelette, but apparently I pronounce it incorrectly, lah. So this is the op- the opposite. They will teach you how to say omelette, but you omelette. They will teach you how to say omelette, but you would spell it as in omelette. Yeah, and that's not, Does that that's, make not sense? Good, right? that's not good That's not right? good Yeah, right. exactly. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> so yeah, it's terrible, la. So why why would you
0: send your kids there after you see this as well? It's
1: fucking yeah. terrible, man. So in every way, like um, as a, as the people behind it, the people who approved it, it just sounds so dumb that it blows my mind. Like, what was the end goal? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, now people are talking about Speech Academy Asia and all, but not in a good way, lah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean,
0: yeah, It's a. Uh, yeah, unfortunate marketing stunt, I would say.
1: Yeah, man. To say the least. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. But anything else to add about that topic? Uh, wow, yeah, I mean, Early childhood, didn't right?
0: Yeah, it's all about childhood. I mean, the, 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 there's also the, we, we didn't touch on it, but the, the idea of using clowns also is a bit outdated, I feel. Mm, clowns. I mean, even McDonald's, <laughs> I think, has distanced itself from Ronald McDonald in recent years or so, you know. Because of you know, there's clowns being used as horror, uh, horror characters like it and all that. It's it's it's, it's kind of strange to be using clowns, uh, if anything.
1: No, but that's where I think maybe the clown as a horror thing, right, is for the for almost like the boomer or older generation because that whole that whole thing has been. I think the last it movie came out also like five six years ago, but you don't hear kids saying they're scared of clowns as much as they used to lah. No, what the last it like movie. It,
0: la? The last it movie was not 5 or 6 years ago. Uh. It was in uh 20s uh It was more uh, recent. Uh. First was more one recent, was First one was 2017. Chapter 2 was oh. 2019. Chapter 2 was 2019. Oh, shit, 2019. 2019.
1: So it's literally 1 2 years ago, yeah. Yeah. Mm, clowns. God damn it. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: Mm. So it, it is still quite creepy, la, I would say I mean some people in the comments are like, uh, they should have completed the <laughs> the prank by having the having the promoter <laughs> inside the drain or so.
1: <laughs> Wallah, eh. <laughs> Dude, but so this is where this is where i would just love to understand how that idea came about like at speech academy asia yeah 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 it just <laughs> blows my mind blows my mind I and i'll see. also be interested to know how whether they get more signups now because the maybe some parents are like hey what is this speech academy asia <laughs> they're they innovative huh? they're innovative <laughs> you know they had such a good idea
0: yeah There'll be it. That, I, would also, yeah, I would also like to wonder what's going on in those parents' minds also. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. But anyway. But yes. Uh, Are we ready
1: for our, our next segment?
0: From talking about early childhood, let's yeah, let's talk about the best comments since the last podcast, right? Oh, yo, yeah, yeah, I mean mm. not, not say best, but uh well, what caught your eye right? Yeah, what caught my what caught my eye like, mm-hmm. would, you, would you like
1: to go first?
0: Um I mean the I think the the one that I really felt was interesting based on our last podcast with the Yale and US student Ethel was a mm-hmm. uh, fly like fly like a wind, um, fly like a wind from a, about a day ago, who explains yeah. that that he or she actually graduated from the Faculty of Arts and Social Sciences uh, with a degree in history about seven or eight years ago, la so for this person Yale NUS was announced during their time in NUS and um, Fly Like Win goes on to describe that um, they were also they felt that it was um, they felt that that the, long story short they felt that Yale NUS being set up was a, a layer of elitist segregation and uh, it felt like the Faculty Arts and Social Sciences seemed to be relegated to a second tier arts faculty Well, Yale is like the Gifted program. So so that's their comment mm. la, basically, uh, and and I thought that was yeah you know really interesting because uh, you know we talk about Yale and students, we talk about university scholars program students, but we never talk about the rest of NUS. What does the rest of NUS students uh, mm. think about the program that right? Um, yeah, because I, I mean I've also been in touch with like uh, a uh, uh uh someone who was from the. University scholars program thing also. And they also say, yeah, la, I think their side also is uh quite affected by this merger. Uh and, and yeah, but, you know, uh we do but we don't even hear their perspective that much. But yeah, even less so than the the, the other NUS students, lah, right? That is true, huh? mm. So so I mean these kind of things are I mean I I I think it's great that these perspectives come, come up. I, I mean I really hope like the yeah, like We also hear from other NUS students or even the Yale NUS uh, community as well. Can can you know talk a little bit about this, Like Is there this perceived uh, view that Yale NUS is like the gifted program within NUS, lah? Like, right.
1: And I mean, with like uh, on on that note, is it seen as something like, yeah, like they are they are almost like, and en- or like entitled or privileged? Do Do you feel it came with that sort of like. The, Connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It right. did, right? Mm, uh, mm. As in
0: as in, yeah, um, no, I mean uh for for us, we were we were very focused on what the year NUS experience was, like, right? The year NUS yeah, students yeah. experience. But uh yeah, we haven't ourselves uh really asked about how about the rest of NUS, what do they think, like, right?
1: Yeah, because I mean, they like they did say on the podcast, and I mean, I don't know if people know, but there are facilities in NUS that are that can be only used by Yale NUS students, mm. while Yale NUS students can can use most of the facilities at NUS. So it feels like there's a ring fence there, like, And yeah, and yeah, it's true. Huh? what do other students think about Yale, Yale NUS, the the students, and yeah, like like what you said. It did the new college involves both Yale and US and USP, but you rarely see the perspectives of USP students in the news or even being talked about. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, so, interesting. Yeah. and what is your one shot comment? Uh, my one shot comment uh, was by uh, from from Phillybex uh just asking um, what instrument was used for the theme song on the podcast. Mm. And this this I found interesting because um, I think. Yeah, so I mean the like the Philipps Doodles did ask like uh, what instruments are used and how did the theme song come about? Because the theme song is is the user's Pavlov's dog. And that they feel unexplainably chirpier when they hear the theme song. And mm. why I wanted to talk about this was that it uh, like to be honest, we chose that from uh, a a sound library and we shortlisted a few and and when we chose it, yeah, it wasn't composed or anything. Yeah. It was something that both of us felt. Okay, this this fits. Maybe if mm. we think of something better in future, we can change and all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but that's one thing that I've realized coming into media, uh, or like just finding the more of a backstory for the the films or TV shows that I like. Is sometimes when you see something that oh my god, it how did they think of that? Sometimes it is just they tried it and it worked and. Mm. It's more serendipitous almost or there's something something romantic about the idea of of it coming up organically as opposed to being composed with a specific purpose in mind. Mm. So what you're
0: saying is that uh, yeah, it was just uh, something that we were just trying out and then it, it stuck and, and we just ran with it, la, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because even our intro, the uh, what's up, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Yeah But that I don't think we ever talked about it. Yeah, we actually Maybe? never did. <laughs> we, never <laughs> we just, we just like, oh, okay, it. let's just
0: do how we would, how we would imagine it, do, doing it, la. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then it just stuck, and then that, that's what I, I found like one of my favorite things about this podcast is that it's one of the first content formats for Terrence and I that I think. For everything else, we do a lot of planning beforehand. We mm. really structure. We know what we're getting into. Whereas this one, we do all the research. But mm. there's, a certain, there's a certain rawness there, that I find. Oh, it's it's That's what I love about this no, podcast. That's what, like,
0: that sometimes I think Young Raja said what, this uh, off, off, like not on the podcast, but he said it's that, yeah. it's that 30% that is God in the room, right?
1: right but
0: he said like, you can do all the prep work. You can do everything. You can talk. You can do all these things. But you just, sometimes you just got to wait for that 30% to enter the room. Right? And that's God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the context of him saying that also was, was something very interesting. Because I asked him, how does, how does he make beats and how does he make songs? He said previously he used to write a lot and then mm. go in and be anxious. But now he's at the stage where he will prep, but he goes in with an open mind and he lets the magic happen. Then I was like, oh, mm. fuck, that is so cool. It's really like what you see in the movies. You know, you come, the producer lays down a beat yeah. and he's like, oh, yeah, I feel this, I feel this. And I think that's that's what's nice about, about uh content format like this, like yeah, where, yeah, yeah. yeah, we try stuff. If something sticks, we fucking run with it, man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So so that's the history of the theme song. Yeah. And uh cool, man. Cool. So the the, yes, the last thing is the one shook. what is your one shook thing? Yeah, the my one shook thing for the past few days is is uh I mean it is something, again, around the, the spectacle of Manchester United at this point. Again? But it's something that what? I think... No, no, trust me, trust me. I know they played yesterday, they won, and it was a great yeah, game. I'm was. not going to focus on that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't... It's an article actually on ESPN that is not behind a paywall or anything. It's titled Super League Rage, Ronaldo Mania, and the Fight for the Soul of Manchester United. And it's Mm. a fucking long article. Mm. But one of my uh, close friends shared it, a frequent listener of the podcast. I hope he's listening to this. Mm. Um, What this article goes into is the writer kind of of immerses uh, himself into the community of Mancunians who are mm. uh, people who live in Manchester and Manchester United fans. Mm. And he really...
0: Sh- uh, you mean, you mean Man-
1: Mancun- Mancunians? Uh? Mancunians. Yeah. Mankunians, Mancunians. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You way understood what I said, right? You understood what I said. I, right? you, you yeah, I, said, okay? I just wanted yeah, to this, make this sure we put story. it out there yeah. so that
0: in case people say, laugh at you. And yeah, say, no, no, you're yeah. only doing it because people understand Shit, it.
1: Yeah. Fuck you, you're you're distracting from this, this awesome awesome article. Okay, okay. So, this article was one of the first deep dives that I've read that really goes into the heart of what it means to grow up in a town where the life revolves around football. Mm, and mm. it really blew my mind because. Like, uh, Manchester has a city, what I came to learn was that, yeah, they've been through kind of um, a lot, uh, like the post-war time, the Industrial Revolution, and Mm -hmm. even the 80, the 82, I believe, Munich air crash that involved uh, half the Manchester United team of that time, unfortunately, passing away. The whole city uh, rallied around the team and they built it up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in Singapore, we got a taste when we were growing up, okay, of the Singapore Lions. And even... With, it was just scratching the surface that it was magical. Like, whereas for, mm. if you grow up in a in a city like Manchester or or any European city where there's a history of football, right, it's a totally different thing and like the, the players there are like, like gods amongst men and everybody is united around a certain cause and I was just thinking that like, this article is is super interesting because it kind of gives you a glimpse into what life there is like. like. Mm. And I thought it was very, and they talk about how Manchester United now with all the commercial uh potential and the money coming in it is also kind of causing the city to lose a bit of its soul and last year there was the Super League you know where man Man United was almost in the Super League of teams and how the fans reacted and it's just very 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 a good read lah like, a very good read mm, yeah and I really enjoyed it I mean yeah you know, this
0: this season is is I feel like every, just because Ronaldo's back and you know, all, like Manchester United yeah, man. is fun, yeah. Yeah, fun to watch. Yeah,
1: it's fun yeah, to yeah. watch. So
0: even yesterday's game was pretty exciting and all. Yeah, It was great, man. Yeah. yeah.
1: But what is your one
0: shook thing? Um, I mean, I wouldn't really describe, I mean, it's something that really over the whole weekend, my mind, my headspace was dominated by. la um, so mm. I, can't, I can't say it's a one-shock thing because it's a very sad, very tragic uh, event or so. But because um, because there's so much buzz about it and people talking about it, that I feel almost like uh, I, I just need to share it with, with people as well, uh, you know. Uh, and there's the, the current ongoing true crime case of um, the, the formerly missing uh, woman, Gabby Petito, um so what happened was this there's this uh couple, uh Gabby mm. Petito and her and her fiance Brian Laundrie who set out on a on a cross cross uh country trip in the US from Florida all the way to the northwest of the US, the West Coast area, uh in a van, right? And then they were they were they're both very young and, and very uh you know very uh internet savvy and also they were documenting the trip via Instagram, via Instagram stories, via pictures. And also they were starting a YouTube channel, you know, called Nomadic Static, mm. uh, that, um, that was that on, on YouTube. Uh. So I think they started their trip sometime in July and then everything was going fine and dandy. And then um, suddenly one day she started, she stopped texting her mother. She stopped texting her family you uh, know towards the end of August she stopped texting her family and the family was like uh it's kind of strange lot like didn't know what was happening um mm. and then by I think like by like she 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 also missed a couple of appointments that she had made to to call her friends and stuff like that and um, they, they officially didn't know then then they didn't know the family didn't know what ha- what happened to her but on September 1st, Suddenly her fiance returned back to Florida to their home in Florida that he shared with his fiance that, with, with the lady Gabby. Uh, Brian Laundry returned home driving the van alone. So he returned home alone from their, from their road trip. And, um, mm. and when the family and, and the first thing he did was to go and hire an attorney and tell the attorney to say that he's not going to he he he's not going to cooperate and say anything uh. and so basically he mm-hmm. was taking his fifth amendment which is the i think the right to remain silent uh, right um, yeah. so everyone is freaking out like what the hell is going on like the daughter's uncontactable she's missing um yeah and then 10 days later the family officially uh, you know uh, filed a police report for for the missing daughter uh. um and and uh, yeah, this this this. So so there's a couple. Of, I mean, it sounds like just any other missing person's case, but there's a couple of things that really, that really have riveted like uh, a lot of uh, people in the US about this case, la. I think um, mm. for me personally, one thing is that the they the the lady seems to have gone missing in the place that I went to for my last trip out of Singapore before COVID happened. That was like it was the exact same national park and everything, like Grand Teton National oh, Park. Shit. Yeah, I said I went there in winter la. Now now it's summer, but it's in the middle of a desert and everything. also. so if someone, you know, is is abandoned or lost out there, it's a it's a pretty shitty situation. You could get killed by a bear. Literally, you could get killed by a bear lah, right? Um, mm. So that's one mm. thing. Uh, I think for a lot of people, because this couple their their lives on Instagram and YouTube just look so picture perfect, and they were you know living hashtag the van life la, which in recent years has become very popular on YouTube as well where young people you know ditch their corporate lives and everything to to just live out of a van and travel across the country and go to different places and make videos and and, and document their trips and everything lah. so so it's um it's almost like you can follow their their trips uh, their what everything that was going on their trip in a in a very, on social media like right um hmm. and i think the third reason why this is so interesting is because um on August 12th uh somebody called 911 the police in the US and, and said that this couple was there was this couple in the campsite in in you know quarreling over something and then they drove off together and it looks like it got violent and all that and um yeah so what happened was that someone called the police and then the police chased after them stopped them and there's the full body cam footage of of what was going on between the couple uh when they got when they got pulled over by the police and um Turns out that, that yeah, there were some mental health issues or solo plaguing the, the both the, the guy and the girl. And uh mm. they you know the the police couldn't find anything to charge them with. So long story short, they they they, they asked them a lot of questions and then they they let them go at the end. But yeah, that was uh basically two weeks before the girl was later found missing. La. Um so it's just a very I I mean all this is all coming together to to be like uh you know, a lot of the people were on the internet were speculating what the hell is going on. Why is the why is the guy, you know, remaining silent? He's you know he's he's, he's obviously guilty and where's the body and everything and then yeah. You know, so so this case was riveting the nation for the past, like, I think, seventy-two uh you know, seventy-two hours or something. But uh just yeah. just this morning at six AM they the police report they have found a body that matches the the lady's body. Uh Mm. In Wyoming lah, so uh, now the 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 question is where is where is the guy la? The guy the guy apparently has has uh has also left home and he's missing right now. Um, he claimed he was going to go for a hike, but 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 yeah, no one knows where he is and they're trying to track him down. No. So so uh, but- this is this is it's not a one shot thing because it obviously is very sad but. That there's actually like a lot of people on Reddit and everything who are following this case very closely. And all the clues and everything. You know, the, the crazy thing is that a lot of people have come forward with like with like uh, little, little uh, tidbits of information. And one was even like, someone even managed to pull out dash cam footage of themselves driving through a national park. And then in the dashcam footage, they saw the van parked at the site And that's how they determined where the van was on the day that they think the couple went missing. Or the girl went missing. Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah yeah so so a lot so of people are like still, trying to doing still developing a lot of la. it's still developing it's still developing
0: developing because now the guy is missing i mean the and the fam his his own family the guy's family and not the girl's family the guy's family also refuses to really say say anything to the police or so 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 wow you know it, 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 a lot of people are speculating was it a mental health issue that 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 caused the guy to maybe you know abandon the girl or and then she got in trouble or did he accidentally do something to her and then leave her body there? Or 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 did he like yeah like just straight up murder her? And everything? So, so there's a lot of speculation going around and and, and yeah like The big mystery now is where
1: is he? They're trying to track him down la. Yeah. So Whoa, it's um, a ch- yeah. I'm, my my girlfriend was telling me about it also. And on, oh, was she this was. Case of this- yeah, like but she, she was she following was, it over the
0: weekend or, or what? Or she just like Yeah, yeah she she, trying she to, was following it. She trying following. to get your attention no, or something, she, then you just ah, another hey, very boring fuck fucking thing. I can't before hey, the I'm,
1: I'm a fucking <laughs> awesome boyfriend, okay? No, and no, I but give attention when needed.
0: Okay, no, I, only, I, only I mean, say uh, sorry, I only say that because I understand that not, not not everyone is like that interested in all these details of the case, but I, I, I like to like when all there are all these different clues and everything, I'll admit I, I, I do get attracted to like piece trying to piece things together and figure out what is going on. Lah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean she was she was just uh, very saddened by it because I think she had been following them before this. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She told me about it. She she knew of them and to see it unravel like this was fucking like I cannot imagine if it's someone I I, I follow or not religiously, but but just following to the extent that oh you know there's this couple doing this and seems like they have an interesting life and all that and so yeah so she knew the context of of them beforehand Oh, she, means she, she also was following
0: them as as an influ as influencers or something
1: huh? yeah like, as, as like as like content creators not not like very like hardcore but she oh. knew of them she knew they were post uh, like um. Uh, living the van life la. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, and she yeah. also told me there was a, another couple whose bodies yeah. were found right
0: yeah but they they, they found that it was unrelated la. that one was like oh, uh, totally unrelated, unrelated. Right? there was a, just a guy with a shotgun who was trying to harass the women and everything la.
1: Whoa, yeah, 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 la. Yeah. but but yeah so I mean uh, yeah it's just fucking tragic man and yeah. like it's just it's just eerily like uh, a bit too real time for me la. What, what do you mean by too real time for you it's like, it's, it's happening and I mean, I will, I, I don't think I will be following the case uh, in, in detail, but I, I just want to know what happened at the end of it lah. No, but what do you mean too real time for you? i trying to understand what you like mean. Like it's happening, it's happening now and like, it's just very unset. like I find it very unsettling. Like it's the difference between me watching a, a true crime documentary, you know, or mm-hmm. something that happened like years ago or even months ago, but now it's happening right now and I'm like, Ugh. but Ugh. it's like you, I mean, it's like watching something live la, like, like, you know. Yeah la, but fuck la, Like something watching something live that is enjoyable is different from this Oh, la. Okay, okay,
0: so so it's just to yeah. you get you get queasy and all that like and all the details. I mean, yeah, it, it
1: just I find it wow. Like it's it's uh it, I find I, yeah I don't I wouldn't say queasy, but I feel like ugh, there's something. It's I mean like ugh, that's that's so sad and like yeah la. No no, I trying to ask. I'm not because, a stone because, like
0: you. No no, because I think uh a lot of people are almost treating it almost a bit like like a big you know murder mystery kind of thing as a game as opposed to the fact that yeah, la, it's a very very tragic story I, I think I, I I personally think it's a very tragic uh situation where two people who who you know whose mental health isn't in the best place uh hmm. go on a road trip together and actually what is a very dangerous kind of terrain like, you know where, where, yeah. where, where if something happens you don't you can't get help easily because because I was there yeah, before COVID, I I, I totally experienced that like, where it was like you can be driving for hours and not see another car throughout the whole period, lah, like, for of driving.
1: Like. Mm. Yeah. So so it is yeah, then like, you better, pretty pretty scary. Yeah. You you better reiterate that this is not your one shop thing because you you uh you are threading a line, man. It is uh it is a uh, one
0: interesting thing, like, but I won't say it's a shop thing, like, yeah, correct. Mm. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: But but yeah, I I've it's... been I've been trying to be as, as respectful as possible to the whole process la. But there are a lot of people inundating that social media, of the of the guy with like you know you are killer where are you and everything la. you know mm. yeah
1: mm. crazy mm. yeah. But I'm sure there will be developments in the coming days. Yes 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 I'm sure. But but yeah, yeah. what what a note to end the podcast on. Basket. I mean,
0: Why is... we had we had generals we had clowns. And uh, yala, so it's it's one of those like more, a bit more variety in the mm. episode. La, we had Ronaldo, mm. and then yala,
1: you know. Yes, thank you for the variety, Terrence. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, thank you all for listening. As always, uh, please share your thoughts in our subreddit, the link is in the show notes. Mm, mm. And, and we will talk to y'all soon,
0: okay.